0: a lot of people think, oh, I need to have like 10 years of grant writing experience. What are they, oh, do I have to work for free for, and you know, in the beginning and all of those things. And it's like, here's the thing. If you are focusing on writing grants and learning how to do that, and you're a step or two ahead of where the nonprofit is, or at least can dedicate the time, because that is the most important thing, right? That nonprofit leaders that want to hand off the grant writing, like they want to outsource it, right? Because of, And if you have time to focus on that and you have those skills that you're bringing to the table, even if they're not specifically for grant writing, that is something to charge for. It's something of value and it's something that you can do.
1: Hey, friends, welcome back. It's Teresa Huff, TEDx speaker on The Real ROI of Grant Writing. You can check that out and share it on YouTube. Let's educate our friends around us on how they can truly support nonprofits by helping us build a return on impact. Before we get started, I want to share a new resource with you. So here's the deal. When you're a busy nonprofit leader, the pressure to get grants going when you've got a million other things going on can be pretty overwhelming. <laughs> well, that's where my friend Derek Timmerman comes in. He's the founder over at Sparrow Nonprofit Solutions, and this is incredible. He's created a system unlike anything I've ever seen before called Easy Grant. Every week, Easy Grant gives you exactly what to do next to find, cultivate, and apply to foundations who are perfectly aligned with your mission. They even write the letter of inquiry for you. And it's crazy affordable. He has a monthly subscription, no contract, you can cancel anytime. Honestly, it's kind of like the Netflix of grant writing. So go check it out today. Easy Grant by Sparrow Nonprofit Solutions. You can go to myeasygrant.com. All right, today I am excited to welcome back a friend and fellow podcaster, Holly Rustic. Holly and I have been friends for two or three years now, And, you know, the podcasting world is a small enough space, but especially when you get into something as specific as grant writing, there just aren't that many grant writing podcasts out there, as you probably know. And so Holly and I have really had a great time collaborating and sharing ideas and latest things that we're working on. And so I am always excited to welcome her back to the show. And I will be on her show coming up, too. So I'll be sure and share That with you when it comes out as well. But Holly and I are comparing notes today on a lot of things that we're seeing, a lot of trends struggles things like pricing technology how to handle things with clients so really great conversation today i hope you enjoy holly if you haven't heard of her holly rustic is a grant writing expert and amazon best selling author she loves to coach others to enhance their grant writing and their business skills she's always encouraging people to step it up level up and really own your worth, own your value as a grant writer, as a professional. And I really appreciate that about her. She coaches so many people every week through her top ranking podcast, grant writing and funding. And then as she mentions in the episode, she also is co-hosting a nonprofit consulting conference coming up later this summer. So be sure and listen in for details on that. All right, here we go. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Holly, welcome back. And I think you may be my re- first repeat guest that I've ever had on the show. So great to have you. <laughs> I'm back. It's no. always good to be first time, so that's um, Yeah, mm-hmm. I probably asked you this last time, but before we dig in, tell us a random fact about yourself.
0: Ooh. um, Okay. So I might've dropped that bag. Well, maybe not. So I also write fiction books. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. So I do a lot underneath another name. So I have a pen name, Erica Sand, and that's a lot of fun to have like romantic comedies. So in addition to writing my nonfiction, like grants and all that kind of fun stuff to help people with skills, I love writing rom-com and just getting caught up in fantasy and fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but that's fun so you can take all these grant writing stories and spin them into right. yeah. your
0: romance the things you really wish you could say in the <laughs> grant yep yep <laughs> exactly so it's a lot of fun but yeah I definitely love being creative and you know it helps me be more focused when my when I'm working if I can tap into that creative side and you know, I tried art classes. Those are kind of fun too, but my jam is writing and that's my creative side. So yeah, but it doesn't always I think it's fun.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really important to have something as an outlet or something to just get away and completely shift your brain into a different mode. Because if we're constantly doing high intense grant writing all the time, that's exhausting and it can really cause burnout and we're not at our best all the time. So we need to have those breaks and outlets built in and not feel bad for it. Exactly,
0: yeah. And telling stories, you know, telling stories is fun. So that's part of it. And, you know, grants, you can do that. And. And now I don't write as many grants. I actually coach people on how to write grants or how to start their businesses. And so I'm able to spend even more time in my creative zone. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's exciting. Well, and with the coaching, that's something I really want to dig into today, because a lot of people come to me and like, even they've taken courses or read books and they still don't know where to start. That's the number one question I get from grant writers or potential grant writers is where do I start? And as you and i know freelancing has its own huge realm of challenges to navigate and back when i first started i didn't have google i didn't have anybody to just call up and ask every little thing how to do a contract how to negotiate how to price all the things so let's dig in today yeah (laughs) is there something that you wish you had known early on when you were first starting out
0: You know for like writing grants definitely i mean i think part of it is to know that you can actually build what we really train people how to do in our courses and everything is when we're focusing on writing grants is develop a master grant template and that has been a game changer for me and especially you know i was writing grants i've worked in agencies writing grants i run my i run company writing grants like all of the things worked in the nonprofit writing grants. I've done every little bit that you can do in writing grants, right? And every situation. And what has helped me the most when I finally kind of got tuned into it is creating this master grant template. So even before we go looking for grants, we've already built out a program. And that's beautiful because now I'm not chasing the money as many people might have heard that term. Right. Um, and that can help you get focused. I can take a master grant application. And what I mean by this is doing the research first and really finding out like, what's the need. Right. And then developing a problem statement, then developing goals and objectives for what you want to, you know, when you actually have done the research, you know, what, what gaps there are and then building out a budget around that. Well, how much would it actually cost to make this program effective? Right. And when you, actually have that framework and we have the grants formula we use for that framework then you know you can then go look after grants you can turn that master grant template into a two-page fundraising letter appeal you can turn it into a corporate solicitation letter you can put it on your website a lot of your research right you can really be sound and saying this is what we want to build and we have the research to show that it's needed and wanted and desired and it would actually be a fit when you have that, then you can sit there and write multiple grants, right? Using that information, copying, and pasting a lot of different sections or just, you know, uh, updating it. So that has saved me literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours, right, working with nonprofits. And it also helps every nonprofit that I help develop that or the students that I teach that do that as well. It helps them, you know, be more efficient. And they're, the nonprofits they're working with really be clear and get more funding because they're not out there chasing their tail. They know exactly what they really need to do. And there's that buy-in and power. So I'm going makes the grant writing easier, right? You're not know, yeah. to trash every time. So
1: yeah. <laughs> and those are beautiful words. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And that sounds very similar to my process too, is if you can gather that and get really good writing ahead of time, It makes it it go so much more smoothly. And then your messaging is consistent across your team, across everyone. You can reuse it, but you're sending that same consistent wording, the way you're explaining, the way you're describing your background and your mission. It's all consistent. So it does help keep you more organized as well and be able to present a better, more efficient and professional image to the nonprofit or to your funders, to your donors, to everybody.
0: Yep, absolutely. So yeah, definitely that is key. And I love that you do that too, because more people really need to do that. And it's definitely gonna help. Like I said, from mission drifting, from all the other things, chasing the money, all of the things that we hear, you know, these <laughs> terms. But um definitely we see a lot of nonprofits doing that and just getting burned out. And we don't want that. We want, you know, we, passionate people are stepping up to the plate and they're saying, Hey, I wanna, I wanna, you know fill a gap. I want to build that bridge. I want to create a better community and a better world. So To help them do that that is a tool right that is definitely a tool that they can utilize because otherwise oh my goodness it is overwhelming every time you look at a new funding opportunity announcement or request for proposal you're going to be spinning you know what i mean and then especially if it's like oh you have six weeks or four weeks or three weeks to write this you are definitely going to be all over the place right so we don't want that right we want you to have something to lean back on to have a tool to have a system and whether or not you are the grant writer or you're the nonprofit um, executive director who has the hat of grant writer at that moment in time, right? For smaller nonprofits, or if you're a grant writing consultant, we want you to have that tool. So it just makes this process more streamlined, right? More simple. I'm not gonna say easier, but I'm gonna say it's definitely there's a part of ease in that by having a system. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not reinventing the wheel and starting
1: from scratch every time. I always compare it to stocking your pantry really well and know. you know if you are have a well-stocked pantry and your friend drops by for lunch he didn't know they were coming you can whip something up like it might be mac and cheese but you could find something if your pantry is empty you're gonna have to run to the store for every little thing and it's not yeah. efficient you're gonna have to start from scratch so okay. it allows you to pull what you need and do it much more quickly
0: yeah yeah and you're right it might take a little bit of time up front to go do that one shop. But when it's there, man, like, you know, you're a set or your kid gets sick and you can't run to the store, but you have all the popsicles right. in the freezer. <laughs> right. The right there. Yeah, exactly. Then you're good. Yeah. And
1: one thing I always emphasize with nonprofits, though, is that grants are not cookie cutter. And so we can't just plan to slap everything in. It yeah. does take that customization for each one. There are sections that you can probably tweak or just pop right in. But we always have to pay attention because while they have, the same types of questions, they're gonna ask them just a little bit different every single time. So that's what's tricky. We have to understand those nuances to answer. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And like you said, you might be able to copy and paste a certain section about your organizational chart or something a little bit more that you always have to include in a lot of applications, but you may have to say, okay, this is the project we want to develop, but this is asking just for a piece of that. So we need to change our outcomes a little bit. We need to change our objectives a bit. We need to kind of, you know, maybe we're keeping some of the same problem statement, right? Maybe we're still solving part of that same problem. And a lot of that research definitely can be, um, you know, grabbed again and kind of, um, re-massaged a bit, right? But a lot of that takes a lot of time, especially the research. And, and that seems to be the most evergreen if you're really going to be serving that same same population. Um, but I love that you pointed that out. You can't just like slap it in and put it in and send out a hundred, you know, two page <laughs> letters <laughs> of inquiry to say, we're all going to get funding from these places. It's better to really understand what the funding source wants and to really curtail it right, your application to what they're asking, because that's how they score you. You know, we have to remember that the scoring process, right. like that's the rubric they have. They don't have your rubric for the template that your master grant template, because there's not a rubric for that for them. They have a rubric from that or the RFP that they need to score on, right? So if you're not answering their questions, they can't give you those points, right? So you need to make sure in that way that you're highlighting their words, right? You're, you're responding directly to what they're asking. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so from
1: the consulting perspective, where would you recommend a consultant start with something like this? Yeah. I mean, a new
0: grant writer. Sure. Yeah. So a new Grant writer, and a lot of you guys out there that might be nonprofit executive directors or in the executive leadership, grant writers, interns, even teachers, lawyers out there listening, right? A lot of you might be thinking about like grant writing, yeah, you know, maybe I could do it for a nonprofit. But maybe some of you too or haven't thought about what about you do it for yourself, right? What if you open your own business and then you can serve more nonprofits than just one? Or you may be in a nonprofit and maybe you've hit the glass ceiling right maybe there's nowhere to move except laterally and laterally might not be another nonprofit organization maybe that's opening your own business right so there's definitely an opportunity there there's like what i think there's over 1.5 uh, million nonprofits alone in the united states right now as of this year and there's a there's so much need there's not that many grant writers let me just say that <laughs> <laughs> but there's still a lot of grant money of course we're still expending the arp monies we're still expending a lot of federal funds that have come down the pipeline right as you know yourself you're to say man i am busy right now right there there's money out there that's trying to be expended in the next few years right that's allocated So there's definitely a lot of opportunity for nonprofits to compete for this money, but they don't have the capacity internally a lot of times to compete for that. So there's opportunities for you to be hired um, as a grant writer, um, as a freelancer. So that could be something that you can think about. I know a lot of people that come into my pipeline they come from the nonprofit world, a lot of them. But some are lawyers too. Some are, like I said, other professionals and they're just, they're writers and they're thinking, hey, this could be something. And yes, it absolutely is something. There is so much need. Um, I was doing a lot of research and one of the highest demands in 2022 for nonprofits to hire was, and for skills, is for fundraising, is for funding, mm-hmm. it's technical skills. It is you, a grant writer. So there's definitely a need um for your skills then and even if you need to learn how to write grants and then open a business you can definitely do that like one like we said there's there's systems like we have right master grant template what you have to offer there are definitely systems to teach you how to write grants so if you're interested in opening your own business so then you could potentially serve more nonprofits out there because they need you right that could be something you could do and especially if you want your own um, flexibility in your schedule, right? A lot of, we got used to working online in COVID, a lot of people don't wanna go back, right? right. So this is definitely an opportunity um, for a lot of people and it's a high demand that's needed right now. So yeah, something to think about.
1: For sure. Yeah, and I think that flexibility is a really big draw for people, especially when you have young kids or you know families or other responsibilities that you just really need that. Flex time to be able to work around other schedules.
0: So, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot of research too. I know Rachel Waterman with um, grant Easy Management Software, she recently did a pricing survey as well um, in 2022 for freelance grant writers specifically. And it was really interesting. And even this Reflex and Grass Professional Association does annual surveys as well. And what we found is I think it's 82%. Of uh, freelance grant writers, like in our data that we found, um, are female, right? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a very woman led kind of uh industry, and even grant writers that are hired in nonprofits, done a lot of research that shows about 67% are female, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not like shutting you men out there, but you're <laughs> but just saying that this is really a dominated field by women, yeah, which is really interesting, but I think it kind of goes to your point a lot of working mothers like want more flexibility and this is something that they are really looking at to do is you know this can be a a way that they can make a higher income potentially too rather than working in a non-profit right because a lot of nonprofits do pay well, but a lot of nonprofits don't, you know, they kind of tap out at a certain amount, right? So there's a lot of mindset. There's a lot of, you know, stuff that we can really go into depth on that. But just to say that this is an opportunity to break those glass ceilings, um, to work for yourself and to offer that flexibility as well. And I think women are definitely resonating with that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And I don't know about you, but The people I talk to usually come to me, they really feel drawn to grant writing, but they're just not sure if they have what it takes. And when we dig in, it's like, wait, you're a former teacher or you're an attorney or you have been a writer for like a technical writer for years and we dig into what they enjoy doing and the research and like they totally have so many skills that would be perfect for grant writing and the gap is way smaller than what they think so it's always fun to help them see that and to realize oh wait okay i could be pretty good at this and to understand that
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I see that a lot too. And I love that you brought that up, Teresa, because it's definitely out there. It's like a lot of people think, oh, I need to have like 10 years of grant writing experience. What are they, oh, do I have to work for free for, and, you know, in the beginning and all of those things. And it's like, here's the thing. If you are focusing on writing grants and learning how to do that, and you're a step or two ahead of where the nonprofit is, or at least can dedicate the time. Cause that is the most important thing, right? That nonprofit leaders that want to hand off the grant writing, like they want to outsource it, right? Because of time. And if you have time to focus on that, and you have those skills that you're bringing to the table, even if they're not specifically for grant writing, that's, that is something to charge for. It's something of value. And it's something that you can do right? Especially in programs like ours, where we also offer mentoring, right? As well. So we review your grants before you send them to your clients, we, you know, to review your proposals, like all of that to help you as well. But that's definitely something like I always say, what you're doing is when you quote unquote, sell your services is really you're just solving a problem, right? And the number one problem that I've seen that, um, you know, for nonprofit leaders, where they wanna outsource freelance grant writers is they want someone that can just focus on writing grants and that they, they can take the time to do that, right? Yeah. So yeah, they're yeah. willing to pay you <laughs> to do that. That's a great point. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So Taking something off their plate that is a highly valuable activity and mm-hmm. being able to do that for them, knowing that somebody's focused on it. that's That's a great point, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's when I hire someone to do stuff for my podcast editing to, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. even if they didn't have experience, I could give them my SOP or I would know that they would focus on doing that. And as long as they're flipping around the deliverable, that's beautiful for me. Right. You know what I mean? I don't have to think about doing that. So, you know, it frees up brain space too. So much, just
1: not having that on your mind of, oh, I need to get that done. I'm behind. It's yeah. Way more than just the literal time it takes.
0: Yeah. So it's not a lot of times for me, it's not like, what are all of, you know, like when I go to interview them, it's more about like, when I'm hiring somebody too, it's like, they bring to me, like, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is what I'm going to offer. and This is how yeah. do, are they taking I'm with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for, and for the, and the other thing too, just to point out is I also get grant writers that are coming to me that want to open or grow their grant writing consultancies that have been writing grants for 10, 20 30 years. And a lot of times them too, they're like, well, I'm just starting my business though. So, you know, do I need to work for free or get big discounts? Cause I haven't, you know, I've only worked inside a nonprofit and not for my own business. And I'm like, no, you've got the skill. Like, look at like how many millions have you won secure? Yeah. Start oh,
1: quantifying that. some of those.
0: Yeah. So the same goes like It's really about what you can bring to the table and what you can take off the plate of that nonprofit and how professional you are getting that done. Right. So really, yeah. Learning the skills that something anyone can do that's interested, right. And that will apply themselves to actually write the grants or to know how to run their business. Right. So these are definitely skills that are, you know, developed right so even people who may think they have an entrepreneurial spirit they still need to develop skills and systems and all of that to run a business right. mm-hmm.
1: yeah and so you did mention something a couple times i want to come back to when people say should i work for free to get started yes. <laughs> that's a biggie i know it's kind of a loaded question
0: it is it is and you know what sometimes the answer is yes right and i'm going to say and you guys might be like what are you like you were to say all the opposite if that makes you feel more comfortable you have no grant writing spirits and you want to you want to work for somebody for free but here is my big disclaimer across the board okay it's not just yes do that it is yes but you need to make sure you come on the front end to say i will do this for three months maximum right or whatever time or I will write x number of grants and it's not 10 right we want to be sure that that's you exactly come, what I say too yes come into it like with boundaries don't just yes. say yes and then later develop boundaries either mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's going to be an awkward conversation. right Super that's awkward. a mess and if you're already in that situation you're like yeah but Holly I'm already volunteering and now you're telling me that you okay have that conversation but it might be a little awkward for you but no don't no, no one else do that okay <laughs> you know what I mean like right. you are going to have to set those boundaries it is easier when you come in on the front end to set set boundaries but definitely still do it if you're working for free right now uh-uh. I want you to have a conversation and make an appointment for that conversation and say okay I've been doing this for x amount of time and now I have experience and I've been focusing on this I've been growing my skills I am going to charge right this is my amount it doesn't have to be super yeah. awkward. See, that's not super awkward, right? Might feel a little butterfly, but if you come in from the beginning and say that I will do this for three months and then we can meet again and have a conversation if um you know you want to hire me at that point, I can show you my my rates, da da, 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 da right? Mm-hmm. And that's just gonna set the expectation up from them to be like, oh, okay, right. So they have in the back of their their mind for those three months or for that amount of time that you're volunteering. Don't make it too long. You guys Um, don't make it a year. No, no, no. All right. So they know that's coming up and to expect it. And they also value you more, right? They value that you're not just going to be free forever. There's a different kind of feel to that. And if that's going to make you feel more confident, right. To say, Okay, I, I do feel like I really need to volunteer, Holly, even though you're telling me to charge right out of the gate. I've never done this before. I really feel like I need to do it for free. Okay, you can do that. That's going to make you feel more comfortable, but set a boundary, all right? Definitely do that. So that's kind of where I... And I'm glad that you said, yeah, that's what I say too, because so, there are some when you said that, that, I'm like, yay! <laughs> they are going to feel agree. a little bit more comfortable to offer a free for a little bit, just because that's where they are in their mindset. And even if i said no charge money they would be like you know what i mean like okay yeah. you can do it for you, but set boundaries so yeah yeah even if you're charging you know you could
1: charge 200 bucks like it may not be more than a dollar for your time but at least you're charging something to have a value exchange or you could do it for free but invoice Your regular what you would charge, and then show dollar at zero at the end so that they can see, oh, the value would have been this. And then when you do have that conversation of, okay, our three month agreement is up. Now, would you like to continue and talk rates? They're not going to be shocked by a number that you throw out. You've kind of paved the way by giving that zeroed
0: out invoice. I would love that so much. Yeah. And even people who feel like they need to give discounts, I say the exact same thing. Your discount is not the number you submit then. You submit your full rate still. And if you feel like you have to do a discount for whatever reason, then include that on your invoice so they can see what the actual value of your rates are. Right. Yeah, so I we agree. can that's like a whole nother conversation about do you discount or not? But oh that could be in an episode <laughs> in itself. Anyway. But yeah, I love that you brought that up because it is so important to show value and to show that there is some type of exchange and that just sets up expectations, right? So really important. And a lot of people, they might not, but um, it is important to put something out there, right? So even I know um, a coach I've worked with and what she did when she first started coaching was she would do that three months, but you have to buy me um, lunch. Right. But I'm only going to do it for free for three months. So she get all her testimonials, all her experience, all her things. And then, you know, buy me lunch though. And then here's my rates. And, you know, and I see that whenever people kind of come in with those expectations from the beginning like that, like, Hey, it's going to be a different kind of conversation here in a couple of months, um, their conversion rate of keeping those clients and turning them into paying clients very high. Right. Mm Mm-hmm yeah i agree and Mm -hmm. i agree too that i think there
1: needs to be some kind of value exchange established not just yeah i'll work for three for free for three months but also i'll work for free can i collect a testimonial or a story from you on what it's like to work with me or you know something of value to make sure that there's still a two-way accountability for that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then uh, the way you said that too of okay It's time to move on. Here are my rates. Here's how it works. And not just a, okay, remember, we were going to charge. Would that be okay if we change up our... Instead, just approach it like this is your business. Own it. Approach it with confidence and how it's going to run. And there are other clients out there. (laughs) This one falls through. And if they don't like it, they may not be ideal for you to work with.
0: And if you have that forever, like we never had a conversation about it, it can, you know, it it is just like, then they kind of take advantage of you in a way. And I'm not trying to bash you nonprofits out there. I'm just saying that it's kind of set up from this area of, oh, something's giving, I'm getting something for free. I'm always gonna get it for free. And that's just kind of the culture, right? The nonprofit culture. So that's why it's important to either have that conversation up front or if you're in the middle of it right now, and like, how do I do that, Holly? You can just approach them. Like, I've been doing this, you know, for free, but I've gained these skills. I've done all of this. And now I'm going to be charging for my services. So, you know, here's what it's going to be. We need to have this conversation for one, right? And then here's what it's going to be. And this is how I work. And, you know, I would like to know if you'd like to continue, otherwise I'll be done at the end of the month, right? Like that's, you can set your boundaries, right? Um, It's very important to do that. Um, instead of being like, well, I've been doing it for so long, how do I do that? That's how you do it. Right. <laughs> you it and do it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do it. And the more you do that and interact with clients, the easier that gets those conversations or changing rates or even just setting the boundaries up front and communicating those. It doesn't have to be like angst and drama. It can just be matter of fact. Oh, by the way, I'm taking uh, a vacation here. I won't be available or I'm doing this. Here's how I prefer to communicate, or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And you can just say, look, this is all the value that I've given. And, you know, I'll, I'll be available until then if you feel like you need to give a little time, like the end of the month or whatever. And, you know, if you want to choose to come on again, that would be great. But remember, you guys, too, if, if you keep doing it for free, it's taking your time and it's your business now that you don't have to be able to actually charge for your services for another client, right? so even if you're like well that's so easy i've been with them for so long i just write a grant here and there it still takes your brain space it takes a lot of other opportunity costs that you might not be thinking about so it is important to set yourself up and you might say hey i want to have one pro bono client a year why write one pro bono grant that's absolutely fine Um, but make sure you know what those boundaries and policies are for your company don't just Keep letting it go, like you're writing. I don't know how many grants I write for a year. How many, you know what I mean? Like, do know what that is, and that's your choice if you want to do that or not. And then be clear with the person you're working on that this is the extent of that that I do, right? And yeah. Because so, some people, you know, once in a while, I'll do a pro bono grant because I'm a part of a board if I want to do that, right? You know what I mean? But I know what my policies and for me are for my business, right? right? And those boundaries.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a fantastic
0: way to approach it. So Mm -hmm. how about
1: this one that I hear often too, is should you charge hourly or a project rate or some type of other format?
0: (laughs) Right, I love that question. And actually one of the sessions I'm gonna be going, um, giving at the nonprofit consulting conference in August is about value-based pricing. So I'm really excited to talk about pricing because I feel like pricing is one of the most um, challenging things for most freelancers and even nonprofits, like let's be real you know what like? totally is money right <laughs>
1: yeah. how do you do it there's never enough to go around how do you it, things are always worth
0: more than what we can pay yep oh so, it thanks. is so much and it's funny because as a grant writer then you're like it's almost like a double-edged sword in a way like you feel because you're writing about money, right? You're asking for money all the time. And then if you're a freelancer, you're also like trying to sell your services and make money that way, right? So there's all this money, money, money. And a lot of people, there's so much trauma around money that we bring to the table. There's a lot of mindset issues that are very emotional with money. So as an entrepreneur, first off, you know, before we even look at pricing, how you're gonna price, it's working on your mindset around money. So we really go into deep in our mentorship programs where we really work a lot about mindset. We have books on mindset, like we talk about mindset, we do coaching around mindset, because it is so important to really start looking about like how many times, I'll just say this up front. like almost everyone in, in the mentorships like raises their hand when I ask this question. And that is like, when you say, uh, how many times have you started to give a discount before a client, a nonprofit client has even asked for a discount? Everyone's like, oh, that's me. Oh, ouch, yes, yeah. <laughs> like, instead it's of just of zip your mouth, <laughs> yes, yeah. quiet, like, let them respond, right, it's almost like that, oh, we know you can't afford it, but maybe, you know what I mean, and it's like, no, you offer a service, and, you know, nonprofits, they also pay for plumbing, they also pay for other things, they pay for things that are important, and your services are very, very important, right, so if we looked at pricing then, um, just so that's general, like I have to go there, but if you say well, hourly or package, and I say, I uh, really, it depends. I like people to eventually get to the packaging, but I think in the beginning it is, and, and even if you're doing package pricing, so that might be what I mean by that is like, if you're gonna do that funding preparedness analysis and then look for 10 good for grants and write three grants and that's all in a package, let's say something like that or if you're working on retainer, right? Retainer is a great, great thing for grant writers to actually write on. I recommend retainer actually out of everything, but, and that's just, whatever comes your way, you're working a certain amount of hours per month, right? You're getting a certain um, set pay every month, but you still need to know your hourly. So for everyone, I am like, track your time, care um, okay, what you're doing like track your time. Right. And there's free resources. I use toggle, right. You know what I mean? There's so many different things that you can use to track your time. And why that's so important, especially when you're first starting out, you need to know about how long it takes you to do something, right? And if you know, like, it's gonna take me about 20 hours to write a foundation grant, it's gonna take me about 120 hours to write a federal grant, right? It's gonna also take me probably 10 to 15 hours to have meetings and conversations with that nonprofit when I'm writing the federal grant. So it's not just about the actual writing of the grant, meetings, the admin, the preparation, You need to track all of that. And it doesn't have to be hard. There's so many automated trackers, but once you do that, you're gonna have data, right? And part of the thing is, yeah, some things you're just gonna become more efficient at doing. You might use AI, you might use uh, automated things. You might be able to uh, source some things out to subcontractors to work on, but you need to know really the basis of where your time goes, right? And then if you have some type, and then you need to understand. So the other part of this, right? And this is where we really dive deep in our mentorship. We actually go through this process with everyone, is what are your expenses? Right. So you also need to understand what are my expenses? What are what, what am I looking for to save money for? All of the things, but even just my day-to-day like. If you're working out of your house like what's the square footage of that office that you're working in right like what's your your internet cost like all of the things that you need to understand what that is right and when you have that what are my expenses and what are my goals for my money and then also how much time am i spending on doing all these things at least you can understand what would even an hourly rate be right because a lot of times it, well, how do I even figure out what an hourly rate is? Cause if you look online Grant Writer hourly rate, it's all over the map. It's, it's all over the there. map. So we yeah. really dive more in that value-based pricing too of what you bring to the table, because that's a whole mm-hmm. other little formula that you can mix in. Not just what are your expenses and how much time does it take you, but what is the value then that you bring that you're solving the problems for nonprofit um, executive directors, right? What are you solving for them? huge value there. So then you can really understand what would that rate be, right? So if you know that you can charge hourly, but I do say, also look at your package then about how much time does it take you right to do something? How much time if you're going to say you're going to write three foundation grants and a federal grant, how much now you kind of understand that because you've been tracking it, right? You understand what your expenses are, you understand the value that you bring. So then you can really encompass, okay, here would be actually a rate I would feel good about for this package. And even if you get quicker every single year and you're working with the same nonprofit on the same programs, you can use that master grant application or the template again and again, and pull things from it. You don't need to then work fewer hours because what's going to happen is when you start getting better and more efficient, you're going to start working less hours to do something. So you're going to start charging less. Oh no, but you've gotten more experienced. How does that work that's not that's not right either right Mm -hmm. so we definitely i think moving towards the packages but you have to understand as well what the hourly kind of rate is and what what how you can i then really understand how you can work your packages out from that
1: Mm -hmm. yes definitely and i'm glad that you also brought up it's not literally the hours you spend, but it's also those hidden extra costs too. Like the quick email here are the meetings with the client, the printer, the extra, the postage, all the extra things that we have to do that sometimes come up and the time it takes to run to the post office to do that so everything worked in is how much time it takes you to finish the grant project it's not just literally the time spent typing on the application and sometimes we forget and it can get muddied like oh i was just talking to them about something else but we also talked about the grant for about 20 minutes and so it overlaps but knowing that like you said that does give good data and then when we have the data we can make a lot more logical decisions it's not so emotional and we can base it on actual facts that we have that historical after time
0: oh yeah it totally frees up that "Mm, i don't want to charge a hundred dollars an hour it's like uh when you look at all that then people at the end of it they're going oh yeah (laughs) like i'm charged, really not making that much um yeah and yeah and i'm not bringing that emotional like you know i kind of started off with i'm not bringing that emotional then trauma with me and asking for discounts right, right away before they or the out. guilt yeah i'm not i'm i'm like looking i'm i have a i have that data to back me up and i'm very now secure on that price i'm very behind it right so i'm owning it um, and that changes a lot, right? Just having that confidence and and knowing what your real cost is and understanding that if you don't charge that, like so many people, it's funny because they'll be like, oh yeah, I charge $120 an hour, or $150 an hour. But then when we break down their time and all the things that actually took time at, they're charging at $40 an hour, you know? So it's like really understanding what that is. And it, it, it's yeah. important because then you can really stand behind it. Um, Yes. Wow. So and some people may say, oh,
1: that's a lot. You charge 100 or 120 or whatever it is, but especially in the nonprofit space. But by the time you just take out taxes alone as a freelancer, that right there cuts it way down. Yeah. So there's a lot that we have and to account
0: expenses. for. Yep. And taxes are definitely part of that expense. And those are painful. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, is it may sound a lot to you nonprofits listening out there, too, like, oh, my gosh, one hundred fifty dollars an hour. But I have like a whole nother thing that I can send you the, the link to, Teresa, that shows like what the pros are to hiring a freelance grant writer. And even if you're hiring them at one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, say, but they're only working six months or a year and that's what they focus on and you don't have to continue to think about keeping them on payroll because they're not they're under a contract you don't have to pay their fringe benefits you don't have to pay for office space for them and everything else that comes into it power water a computer all the things and you don't have to pay for their holidays (laughs) And you're uh-huh. not paying for them to come to trivial meetings. They're just focusing on grant writing. You actually end up saving, even if you're going to hire someone $35 an hour salary, right? You actually will probably pay less for that $150 an hour freelancer, right? So exactly. it, you have to really understand the full cost of salary and in-house, right? Don't just look at salary compared to freelance, hourly rates or whatnot right yeah. that's what they're you're looking at exactly such a good yeah. point and it's yeah. not apples to apples
1: it's no. different roles you can't it's not a straight across the board oh you were working for us for 35 an hour can't you just keep doing that as no. a freelancer it's nope. not the same and yeah. the potential funding that they can bring in is totally worth that investment oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get you're hiring a grant writer, and eventually, you know, you're working up at maybe maybe you're beginning, you're a new nonprofit, you're just pulling in five thousand dollar grants, ten thousand dollar grants, but then eventually, you're getting up to the hundreds of thousands, millions. It snowballs, right, when your portfolio grows. So you can definitely get there. It does take time when you're starting off. Um, you are going to get more no's in the beginning, but you have to start there to get to where you want to go. Right. So um, definitely having someone who's experienced or just has the time to focus on that and to really get good at it is, is so good for your nonprofit. Right. So you don't have to put that time and energy into it. So absolutely. and remembering that it's a long term thing. It's not going to be a quick
1: overnight. Oh, we're getting money next week. It's going to be a long term. You're planting seeds now that you have to give it time to grow. It's Mm -hmm. you know, we can't just get angry at the grant writer because, oh, they haven't done. We don't have a check yet. And it's only
0: it's already been a whole month. (laughs) Okay, that's not how great. Yeah, and this is why i was talking about retainers even more than packages as i really like is it's a long game like you're saying and the longer you can stay with someone so if you're on a contract at least six months to a year with a grant writer right because that's just going to increase your ability to get funding if you just hire them for a month there's not much they can do right so that's the thing where three months, even like you yeah. really need that long-term game with them because funding cycles open only at certain times during the year as well. Right. So to really have a really good strategic plan, do look at it more as a long-term game, right. And and a and goal because it is. And if you're a freelancer, that's also what I would definitely recommend is you can have more, Rachel Waterman, she always says this from GEMS, she says economies of scale, right? So in a way too, yeah, you're gonna charge a lot more if somebody comes to you to write one grant because you have to onboard them, there's so much you have to find out, there's all the things in developing the first grant, right? But if they're with you for a year or so, you might develop that one master grant application. And then every time you write a grant, you understand the program more, you understand the nonprofit more, it gets easier and easier. So you can maybe charge, you know, a different rate, right? You know what I mean? Because you're working with them for, for a longer period of time. So that one, you know, exactly. maybe you write 10 grants and yes, it's gonna be more than writing the one grant, but it's not gonna be the same as writing the one grant times 10. You know what I mean? So you can yes. just cost scale. So we go really into how to do all these things. because I know we're kind of getting in the weeds, but we go into this in the mentorship and even in the, in the consulting conference, we'll talk about this a little bit more too, because it really is important to understand, right? How different ways that you can approach these clients as well um, and educate them too on how, how it's, you want them to be a win-win situation. If you're not winning grants, cause you're only writing a grant one-off here and there, and the, the chances of you even getting your grant stats up right it's going to be lower so you want to work with clients you want them to be successful obviously you're passionate about what they do as well you want them to win monies but also for you you want to have a higher track record too and could feel more successful and confident in your grant writing you know so, right
1: yeah 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 Definitely. And that's something you want it to be a win for both. And over time, you get more confident and comfortable that, you know, you really get your head into a certain client's work and you know their stuff, you can explain it well on their behalf. It's just a lot different than popping into one or two one-off projects here and there. And the thing too, to remember is that we can always change it. Like if we start with a client and we decide "Mm, this hourly thing isn't quite working well, the next client you can adjust it or you can change it even with the same client yep. but it's not like it's set in stone forever for your entire consulting career we can always change and shift as we go
0: Yeah, and you can change your prices too you can increase them like this happens right so you definitely want to don't want to keep your your prices static year over year either you need to evaluate what's going on as well right so yep. Definitely, you know, even if you're like, but I publish it online, we'll take it down, put a new price back up there. You you want to do a different service. Like, you know, it's not, nothing is set in stone. So don't be afraid to like put something out there. I will say though, if you are putting out a quotation on a price, I always say, have um, a disclaimer, like at the bottom to say, this is 30 days from receive this. This is only good for 30 days. So if you do change your prices or you change your services or whatever, there's grace there. You know what I mean? They only have, and then it right. kind of puts them like, oh, this is only good for 30 days. So I need to make a decision. So it does help the yeah. nonprofit take action as well.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I started doing that a few years ago and I'm really glad I did. It just gives you something to fall back on in case you wanted to change a boundary or if something yeah. is like, oh no, that's not going to work anymore. You still have that statement and it's not like you're surprising the client of a right. big switch, You can still honor that if you want to, but if you've changed it, it gives you a good way to say, you know, up front, okay, this is good for 30 days and I'll let you review it.
0: Let me know your decision. Yeah. So, yeah. Because they can come back years from now. Like I've had people come back years and be like, are you still available? Now we're ready for you. Right? Now we're ready for your services. <laughs> back yeah. at your
1: $40 an hour rate. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Yeah, definitely so. Once again, creating boundaries for both sides—it's just—it's good, right? Because they need to know that too, right? So the nonprofit client, like, it's important for them too. So yeah,
1: just good practice (laughs) all around. Well, you have teased this several times, and so I'm dying for you to share more details about the nonprofit conference coming up. You did this last year, and planning it again this summer. So give us all the scoop.
0: Yeah, so Mandy Pierce from Funding for Good and myself um, from Grant Writing and Funding, we are have co-created the nonprofit consulting conference online. We're doing it um, in August 20 23rd and 24th of 2023 and are presenting sponsors found in technology. So we're really excited. We have an array of amazing sponsors as well, and we have some great speakers. Our um theme this year is how to know when to grow your nonprofit consultancy. So it is for newbies that are looking into becoming nonprofit consultants, like freelance grant writers, um, or if you're seasoned and you want to grow. So we have a lot of, it's a two day session, as I mentioned, 23rd and 24th, we have three networking sessions as well. So it's a lot of, great time to actually get to know the other participants and we had so much good feedback last year so we're really excited about this year um we have yeah and it's you know they range from how to grow an email list to like i'm going to be talking about how to do value-based pricing and really um have a lot of takeaways we have um, optimizing discovery calls how to transition from uh, part-time to full-time consultancy so we have a lot of great uh, discussion. It's going to be a fabulous conference. Once again, um, you guys can definitely check out. I'm sure you're going to put the, the in the link in the show notes, <laughs> but oh, yeah. nonprofit consulting conference um, online.com. So that's where you can go. You can get your ticket. We're um, really excited. We have a, an early bird until June 30th. So you can save a hundred dollars off the ticket. So we're really excited about that. And then it'll be regular price in July and August. So yeah, it'll be a great two days to completely just get a lot of feedback and everyone that's teaching in the sessions is a nonprofit consultant so it's by us it's for you it's sharing our experience it's sharing how we've grown our businesses and then you're able to meet with other people and ask questions and get feedback and just really move your 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 business forward or start one Uh, it sounds
1: like it's all the questions i wish i had had answered 20 years ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when you know you're starting out you don't have anybody to ask so i think that's a fantastic resource and i know it'll be awesome because i heard so many great things about last year's too and so i'm glad you're doing it again
0: yes you'll have to come it's gonna be so much fun yeah. so definitely a lot of great people already signed up and we're just so excited to have that camaraderie and like you had mentioned earlier um you know grant writing and consulting and all of this can be very like operating in a silo and very isolating. So it is nice because there's there's a, there's a lot of us out there but we're kind of hidden, right? We're kind of behind the scenes yeah. always, right? Quiet so, and introverted a lot of times yeah, and exactly. busy writing. <laughs> Exactly. So it's nice to meet other um, consultants out there and to learn what they're doing. Like, are you charging hourly? Are you charging services? How did you do that retainer? You know, are you working for free when you first come on? Like having those conversations and just hearing what other people are doing as well and what's worked for them and maybe what hasn't worked for them is real. Oh my gosh. That can be the thing that's paralyzing you from moving forward. Right. Just yep. to get that one question answered or to get some feedback or just to hear a story about somebody else can move you forward. And like that, maybe would have stopped your business completely. Right. Just hearing right. that. So, huge. right. Yeah. Just hearing how other people are doing it and talking through. So, yeah. And also, it's not the same as like someone running a for profit consultancy. It's different. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. it is, we, we do work with nonprofits, which are a different breed than maybe like just regular consumers or regular for business or for-profit businesses. If there's a, we talked a little bit about that mindset that comes in, we talked about the different ways nonprofits kind of operate, what they're really looking for is a bit different than other areas. So this is a good, it's the only like real focused uh, nonprofit consultancy conference that really focuses on these types of things. So, you know, there's definitely like some other ones that are Awesome, but there's very few, and this one is very focused on how to know when to grow. So yeah, definitely love that we're bringing that up, and it's for nonprofit consultants by nonprofit consultants. That's <laughs> yeah, so. I'm glad that's that's going to be out there. That's a great
1: resource. So tell us where can people connect with you online and follow along.
0: Yeah, so if you guys are listening to this on the po- podcast or on YouTube, watching this, you can definitely check us out at Grant Writing and Funding. Um, we are there too, podcast. Uh, we're podcasters, and we're on YouTube. And if you want to check me out online and see, we have a great resources for you um, about if you're interested in starting a freelance grant writing company, um, or if you're interested in building your grant writing skills, we have. Uh, just check out Grant Writing and Funding. All very, <laughs> all the same. So definitely check us out there. Yeah
1: all right well thank you it's always fun talking to you so thanks for coming back on the show and i'm sure we will do it again very soon yes.
0: we'll do a follow-up thank you teresa yeah always you're always welcome back we've had you on our show a couple of times too so always yeah come yep. back on <laughs> you want always to. fun yes. yep all
1: right we'll talk to you soon Okay, what do you think? I would love to hear from you. What stood out to you today? Was there anything that challenged you to step it up, to be a better grant writer, to rethink how you are presenting yourself as a professional, I'd love to hear what it is that really is pushing you. Or if there's something that is maybe a little bit scary and you're like, I don't know about that. It makes sense, but could I really do it? Reach out to either me or Holly. Connect with us on LinkedIn. We love chatting with grant writers. We love hearing what kind of work you're up to and how we can support you. All right, go check out my TEDx talk, The Real ROI of Grant Writing, YouTube, share that with a friend, and let's help nonprofits truly build their return on impact. All right, friends,
0: have a